from MPW Digital Network comes Cast Iron Table, the network's latest podcast for foodies. Look at the char we're getting. That that is what we're going for. Oh, isn't that hot, guys? Yeah, let's go with peppercorns. Thank you, because without peppercorns, it's not steak a poivre. <sighs> it can't be. Archer! By, like, definition. Today's show focuses on taste and drinks from the South, as well as some of your questions. I am not chugging beer. I'm sampling a flight of gluten-free German lagers with a French wine pairing. It's called a smorgasbein, and it's elegantly cultural. All right, Randy, you should probably lay off the old vine Chateauneuf de Pub. MPW Digital invites you to come sit down at Cast Iron Table with the Country Club of Oxford's executive chef, Jonathan Oliver, and the host of the program, Chase Parham. How intelligent do you have to be to take a food order? Ma'am, you're absolutely right, and uh, I apologize. I'm going to get this fixed for you right away. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Cast Iron Table. I'm your host, Chase Parm, along with Chef Jonathan Oliver. This is a production of MPW Digital. As you have heard my voice before on the Oxford Exxon podcast, brought to you uh, by RebelGrove.com. Thanks to guys who have kind of helped us with this. We are uh, starting a few more shows. This one, as you can imagine by now, is a focus on food. Mostly in the South, kind of uh, hitting a different topic each episode as we uh, go through a little bit of knowledge about it, how to cook it, answer some questions, a uh, little bit of a plethora of t- topics we'll hit today and in oncoming shows. And this thing will probably kind of move around a little bit as we get a little more used to it, um, as we get a little more structure about the show. But we'll start today. Seafood is our um, focus today. It's a good time of the year for that. Also, uh, a time of year that brings some questions with it as well. You can check out my work at rebelgrove.com. That is the Ole Miss Rivals.com affiliate. I'm a sports writer by uh, profession, but I like to eat, so I'll do this as uh, do this as well. You can follow me on Twitter at RivalsChase, R-I-V-A-L-S-C-H-A-S-E. And uh, on with me, uh, Jonathan Oliver, making your podcast debut, right, Jonathan? Just made it. First one ever. Yeah, he, he is uh, – Oxford CC John on Twitter, the chef at the Country Club of Oxford. That's who uh, is bringing you this podcast. As uh, you can uh, check them out on uh, on the internet, it's Oxford Country Club. OxfordCountryClub.com. So uh, check that out. They've got some uh, membership deals going on right now. As a uh, new clubhouse is soon to be completed. That uh, it's pretty nice. So. Yeah gonna be cool yeah so we got a lot of questions today a lot of stuff like i said we're just gonna kind of kick it off see where it goes uh again a focus on the south a focus on different uh ingredients and foods to this uh area of the country so we thought seafood would be a good start as uh it's uh first of march here as this this thing gets going and when i when i posed this question it seemed like everybody kind of knows wants to know where to get it can you do oysters now and whatever you know what for the South, as we start this thing, obviously everybody thinks they can get shrimp and all, whatever. But what are the couple things that just kind of, hey, it's early March. You shouldn't miss this, 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 or this. Yeah, I'd say, you know, shrimp starting to come in with our late, you know, the winter's kind of ending. So crawfish are early down here. Started getting those at a lot of the bars and restaurants around town. Um, you know, grouper pretty huge uh snapper red snapper's been big that's what i've been using a lot lately oysters are still rocking and rolling um they're getting a little bigger uh they look pretty right now um what's yours you go to if you're you're, obviously i don't know how much you cook at home or whatnot but you're off one night and i go hey i really want some seafood what are you cooking 
You know, we're in the South, and I was born and raised here. I love catfish. <laughs> I love Yazoo City. I mean, they have uh, Simmons catfish down there. It's great. Um, if I have some stuff that I really love, um, I love scallops. I love, you know, nowadays you can get any kind of, you know, the, the shipping is so much easier. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get fresh seafood from, you know, say the Carolina coast or down in Florida. And we're seven hours from Florida, however far from Carolina. I mean, it's it's day boat. You know, they'll get it off the boat, ship it to you. Um, a lot. We have a couple new, boat, you know, neon pig that's here. We have... Uh, LBs that has a lot of fresh stuff. Um, salmon right now is coming into season in the spring, so I would, you know, I go with anything. I can eat anything out of the out of the sea for sure. Let's start with scallops. What one of my favorite foods that, if cooked properly, is excellent. But you miss it by just a little, and it's getting rubbery and it's getting weird. It's, it's tricky. What's the and we're we're focused on cast iron skillets here. I'm yeah, assuming you can I'm use a, that. What if, if I'm getting into there? I'm not beginning, but very marginal when it comes to cooking. I'm going to do some scallops, whether it's for a wife or a girlfriend or whatever. What's my process to getting there? Well, I definitely, I'm a cast iron skillet guy. Um, right now we're in a smaller clubhouse, so we don't, we can't use a grill. Uh, we, you know, could set up one outside, but we're building a new clubhouse, which has, it's going to have, you know, full amenities of the kitchen, but skillets, I have some that are probably 10, 15 years old. Um, and that, you know, that doesn't matter, but get it nice and hot. I'd say, you know, get your, get your oven at 500, nice and clean scallops. You don't want them wet. You want to dry them, dry them off. What size am I looking for? Uh, I go U10s. I mean, you know, they're going to, they're a little bit bigger, but they're going to shrink a little bit in the oven. You want to get, there's always a little flipper, they call it on the side. You want to clean that off, um, season, and then right into a little oil on the, uh, cast iron skillet. Get a good sear, flip it in the oven for probably, I'm saying five, maybe six minutes. It's all at 500. At 500 degrees, yeah. Pull them out, pull them off the skillet because they're going to continue cooking underneath. We usually have a, uh, you know, paper towel with a, a nice plate. Put them on there, kind of let them rest for a minute, and then you know we're we're big grit people down here. You know, I think they're great on grits, polenta, any kind of pureed bean. That's big down here right now. Crowder peas are coming in. Uh, butter beans will come in a little later in the in the year. We do that with that. Um, we have the Grit Girl, which is out of Oxford. She stone mills right down from the country club, so we use a lot of her product. And I know a lot of people around town do. Um, so that's kind of where we go with that. What do you season them with? Just salt and pepper? I'm I mean. a salt and pepper guy. And then I usually I like to do a little bit of sauce, you know, some kind of cream-based sauce over that or – you know, squeeze a fresh lemon or have that on the side, table side, you know, to kind of squeeze on there. You can fancy it up for, like you said, a girlfriend. That looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you pairing it with other than grits? Like, obviously, you're trying to throw a green you know, or something on there. I like, you know, just whatever's in season. Kind of, we have a food truck that stops by every Thursday. So I kind of get on there, you know, anywhere from a watermelon radish that's poached or, you know, grilled asparagus. I mean, you know, you get you got your, your you know, you got your, uh, your starch. So you kind of want to go with a nice veg with that. I think, you know, they, they pair well. A lot of times I like to add some crab meat in there just to kind of bulk it up to the fresh crabs really coming in too just because of the winter, you know, the, our early winter, early spring, I guess. So. T- 
to, to me, scallops one of those things you can really impress people with if you can pull it off. It's kind of like you that thing where you go, off, "Hey, yeah. that's that, that's pretty good." So another thing, we mentioned this before we started airing this morning, and uh, you've got a lot of uh, experience through New Orleans and the Louisiana yeah. area as well as in Charlotte and uh, North Carolina for a while. You just brought me onto this trick a minute ago. I, I tried this. Uh, um, at, at the club over the weekend, a uh, thing that also seems fairly easy to impress with the crab meat au gratin, where you can throw it on some steak, Super. you can use it as different things. Kind of take me through that because I, I think as we are uh, doing the show, you know, obviously for for eaters and I guess you know separate claim foods, you want to call it that, but also people that just want to figure out something easy something that's pretty cool. This is uh, like, yeah. yeah, take me through this process because this is pretty well, interesting. I think you know uh, Le Bonton, the restaurant in. Um, in New Orleans, it's on St. Charles. One of the, when I lived down there, I remember going and I'm like, crab meat all gratin, that sounds good, you know. They do it in a, uh, you know, in a crock or, a, a, you know, a crock out of uh, cast iron or can be in China. We used it as a sauce on, like this weekend, we change the menu every week. We used it on a 14 ounce uh, New York strip and I think that's what you had this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just heavy cream, a little salt. Okay, wh- wh- where am I getting my crab from? What, what what's crab, kind of the process we, to do this? I go through Evans uh, Seafood, which is out of Birmingham, and they get all their crab is out of the Gulf. I mean, some of it's in uh, Alabama, but it's fresh. I get lump. Okay, um, so just good, good looking lump good, crab is what I'm looking for yeah, here. You want? I mean, you know, you want to eat good product. You know, I'm not one to to get the can just something out of you know the freezer section or. You know, I want something good. If I'm gonna, you know, spend the time of doing it, might as well get a good product to use. Um, so you got cream, salt, and pepper, garlic powder. Uh, you want to make a roux with that, thicken that up. And the the key to it, which is surprisingly to me, is American cheese. Just, Just straight craft single cheese. Single American cheese, which is super cheap. You can get it anywhere you want. All all those items are anywhere. What's the ratio of that to the crab? As I'm trying say, to prepare this I'm for. For four yeah, I'm just trying to feed two or four people or something. Okay, say I'm doing, let's say, half a quart of cream, and then we're going to thicken that with a a roux, which we could get there. I'm sure that's that's for butter, flour, Mm. or flour and butter. Very simple. Um, And then we're going to go with the the seasoning, and then just you take your cheese. I'd say over a half quart, maybe six to eight slices of American cheese in there. Whisk it in with your whisk. Um, and then just let it kind of go on low heat. You don't want to overbulk. You know, you can easily burn cra- uh, heavy cream, and then you're kind of screwed. you got to start over again. Uh-huh. So, um, and then take that, take it off the heat, come to a, uh, I'd say come to a room temp, and you could use the same bowl, just kind of sit it to the side. You want to do about three to four eggs in there, cracked. I like to whisk them before just cause, so they get in there a little more, and I don't have to whisk the heavy cream too much just like i was gonna do if i was gonna scramble some eggs throw them in a bowl and just throw them in there throw them in there then whisk a little bit it'll it'll get smoother a lot quicker you don't have to you know get a workout on making it um and then you want to have just let it rest so then i'd say come to room temp you can keep it in still in the same pot if you're kind of doing it in one night what we do is put it in core containers we'll throw it under the you know the the pantry or wherever we are Pull them out, let them kind of get back to that temp too during the day. Put them over, uh, you know, get your crab, get your steak seared. So let's say we're doing it with the yeah. strip or whatever you want to buy yeah. at the store. Sear your steak, uh, flip it over, you know, again, cast iron skillet's kind of what we're going for. Um, seared, flip over, 
if you want to go, I'd say I'm more of a mid-rare medium guy. More yep. of a mid-rare on a nice piece of yeah. filet. Some people, you know, want the want it walking around. You know, so <laughs> in that case, if you want it really rare, you want to put it immediately. Put your crab on, top it with your your au gratin sauce, right in the oven. I mean, it's going to broil up. The egg in there just kind of you know gives it that that volume from the uh, from the you know all the egg and then the cream. It's going to bake in the oven. It's going to look great coming out at you know say you're doing it if you're doing it mid well you know i'm not I'm not on that but you know we do sell that and that's just what it is but uh you're gonna want to sear your steak in the oven pull out and put about halfway through cooking which would probably be about five minutes you want to top it with your crab same process with the uh the cream back in the oven and it's just going to make this nice uh cheesy crust and i know some people say american cheese really you're using american cheese but that's the secret. I don't know. Something easy. It, it's it's it just works. So I'm just placing the crab on there and then covering it with the covering sauce. It with your sauce, um, you know, say a spoon. You know, however you want much you want to put on there. I usually put a little extra because something's going to fall to the side. It's going to kind of ruin. You're going to have to clean your skillet after you're done. But you know, if you want something to make you know impress anybody, it's, yeah. it's a great dish. I mean, I think it's. How is how is that changing if you're just using the grill for the steak and you're the not grill, doing the grill? I think you want, if you want it, a grilled fillet or a grilled strip or ribeye, whatever you want to use. I think you grill, get the good marks, get the the charred flavor, then go on to you know if you have a skillet to the side or any kind of pan, you know put it on the pan, have your oven ready, load it up with your crab, same sauce right in the oven, so it keeps that grill mark. It keeps which will be covered up anyway with all your sauce and crab. But, you know, in the long run, you're, you know, you got your charred flavor, um, and that's good. That they both sound great. But you know, I'm a, I'm kind of a cast iron skillet guy. I mean, the, if you get them and you have them, like Grandma had one and she gave you, you know, and they're it's 40 years old. I mean, that's just <laughs> seasoned. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've switched over to to the cast iron skillet in the oven for my steaks about the last 12 to 18 months, and yeah. after the first time where it just smoked out the entire house, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's got a little tricky. more to control now. So it's definitely tricky if you have a uh, you know if you're outside um, if your outside grill has a side burner, I mean you could always use that. The uh, you know get that hot skillet going outside so you don't have to smoke up the whole inside. Then bring it in if you're close enough to your kitchen, which most people's grills and kitchen are pretty much right there. Have your oven going. Bring it on in and stick it in that way. Um, I think that's the way I would do. You know, at home, I mean, most a lot of people's hood vents at home don't don't pull a lot of smoke, and I'm sure you realize that the hard way, which most people do. Um, and then keeping it temperatured. You know, if you have a gas gas ovens, I mean. You know you got to do it, but if you have an electric top or any of that, it's hard, it's hard to do those. But you want them hot enough to get a nice crust for sure. But those two things are pretty cool. Just again trying to uh, have people over, do something a little different. One thing, and I I mentioned this uh, this show on the website that I work for and on Twitter a little bit just to get some questions, different things, and a lot of people interested in oysters uh, right now. Kind of year-round, though. Worcesters are kind of the thing that everybody suddenly is talking about a little bit. And lots of questions about the whole months with R thing. Where are we yeah. falling on that at this point? Well, I think, you know, I, you know, every restaurant has oysters all year round. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, like in Oxford, the snack bar, I mean, they have an oyster bar. You know, you're going to have oysters there. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not totally against it in the summertime. I 
personally me, I'm not a big hot kind of out and eat oysters kind of guy. But if I'm in New Orleans or if I'm in, you know, down on the coast, I mean, you kind of crave them. I'm more of a craving kind of guy for those. Mm-hmm. Um, we do them select shucked in the gallons. It's kind of big on our end because you can do a fried po' boy or, you know, on salads or, you know, we do a uh, fried and baked with like blue cheese as an app. I mean, there's there's a million different things you can do with them. I think it's where you get them from too, you know, like if it's still cold in Malpex from New York or still cold in, you know, late, let's say in April, you know, it's still cold out and they're still really fresh. I'm not getting, I don't really like as much the oysters from Florida during, you know, the later months just because you know, I'm moving over to crawfish, or I'm going into shrimp season starts, I believe, in June, which they can now uh, fish off the, you know, in the intercoastal area, which is probably like 30 miles out and off the Mississippi coast. Um, I have a guy that brings me shrimp every week, uh, or when I need them, and he, they just go out, they bring them. Right now, they were beautiful. I mean, I had 1620s come in last week that were just awesome, and he has guys that will shuck oysters for me. In the gallons, some the last ones I got were from Alabama, which are kind of the popular thing around Oxford. I think the Alabama oysters, and then Virginia's come back pretty hard on that um, that area. Um, you know, they had a big shortage years ago. Just um, and I for, I cannot remember the name of the guy that started the Apicolas, but or, I mean the. Uh, I see them all the time at like yeah, snack bar and places. Yeah, it's yeah. Atcha, Atcha There's something. There's so many yeah. different ones. I mean, they're just, uh, they're just, you know, it's just, it's kind of all preference. I don't think there's a wrong time to eat them. Obviously, if you're selling them, you don't want somebody to get sick on them. So I think you're pretty safe. Um, but focus on where you're getting them from and potentially think, the temperatures of wherever you are. Uh, that's that's my kind of goal there. I get them from where I think, you know, I'm not buying them from somewhere that's 100 degrees. You know, obviously. And a lot of times I don't think they sell them much in Florida or around there once it gets a lot hotter out. But, you know, and, and I don't get farm raised or anything like that. I like the ones that are, you know, they'll tell you fresh. I'm sure most of the people are listening have a really good seafood market that they'll kind of give you the, the rundown too. Could I char-grill oysters at home if I ha- felt the need? Oh, yeah. I think if you get your grill going outside, we used to do it. Um, we had a nice kind of smoker slash grill that we would use for you know parties out by the pool uh the biggest thing on those um and living i live pretty close to drago's um in mids uh, not the first original drago's mm-hmm. um when i moved to new orleans kind of getting started and you know that was like the first time to see chargrill i walked in i'm like holy cow these guys have flames going up and the oysters are char grilling the parmesan cheese serve a french bread i mean it, that's a great one to do at home i think it looks cool i think on a date night you blow some blow your date away yeah for sure um but yeah butter i use a little bit of uh i do the heavy cream a little bit of white wine garlic minced garlic and then a little parm in the sauce and i have it set to the side um where i can load up my oysters in in the you know open the shell have it open on your on your grill Put a little bit in there, a little salt and pepper, and then get your butter to the side, which is bring it to room temp where you can kind of pull it off and throw it on top, and it'll drip over the side. It brings a flame up from your grill, and that's where your char-grilled gets. You know, okay. Your flames kind of come around and crust the outside or the top. 
um, that's kind of one of my favorite things to do. I mean, it's everybody loves them. I mean, there's 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 really, you know, it's hard to go somewhere and you get them and they're just. You've never had anybody complain. Even people that don't eat oysters, I feel like. It's as hot as my grill can go. What, what temp am I looking for I on that? I would say, you know, I like to get mine going um, where I have a good flame that'll kind of spark up. It's going to mess up your grill kind of with the with the butter and kind of around the side. You're going to have to clean a little more. But at the end result, I mean, if you're at home, you're making, you get, you know, say you order, you know, three or four dozen, you can do it for a quarter of the price that you're going to do it at a restaurant you know they're gonna kind of double that price on your on char-grilled oysters just because it's a little more work um but it's well worth it and then french bread get some good you know if you got local french bread where you are or you know we use gambinos we use some stuff out of new orleans that gets shipped um you know fresh off of either cisco u.s foods or whoever you you know our purveyor um and then some you know making french bread's tricky you know from scratch i don't know if i would go that route it's just just as easy to go out and get some, cut them, make them a nice, you know, bake them a little bit or real fluffy, nice, nice, uh, crusty top. Mentioned shrimp in the opening, something that everybody in some way or another is going to like it, whether it's the people that just like it fried or whatever, or whether they can eat it a thousand different ways. You mentioned 16 to 20s earlier, obviously for people, whatever, that's yeah. the number in a pound. Yeah, that's um, you get in a pound. So, what is kind of, you know, if I go, okay, I'm, I'm in a market and there's a lot of shrimp over here, whether it be just our local pl- places that we can get it or whatever, what kind of shrimp am I normally getting at these places, and mm. how do I distinguish between good, bad, and different on these things? Well, I think, you know, in, in Oxford, you know, we have a couple farmer's markets, and we have a couple guys that sell there, and then, you know, all your, like I mentioned, the Neon Pig LBs, they sell that stuff. I'm looking for, you know, I like a little bit bigger. It just p- depends on really what I want to make. I think, you know, on a po' boy, I don't like a huge shrimp on there. I, I kind of like them um, 21s, 25s. I like more on there. It's easier to bite into. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier to kind of get in there. They don't all fall out. Um, I think the look of them, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things they need to look firm. Brown shrimp are, you know, obviously the most popular. Um, and those kind of come and go. Royal Reds come in. Those are, uh, you know, they, they don't come in much, but we'll snag those up, and that's a whole different flavor. I think they, they're like butter. You know, you, you cook those really soft, just one of the best shrimp there are, but, you know, they're not all year round. I'm sure you can get them all year round, you know, frozen, this and that. And we we try, to, try to get away from anything frozen as our – it's kind of how we work down at the club. Um cooking wise you know i mean that's just however you prefer you know like you said fried we're in mississippi everybody likes everything fried um you know you can poach them from saute i mean i i like i'm i'm a shrimp i love shrimp you know i could probably eat shrimp every day so the poaching thing take me through that for a shrimp well because um, that's a little different that's not something you're gonna see every day by any means it's definitely uh it's a little different i mean you know you can poach them in you know a nice nice water broth which you know what i would use you know down here we like stuff kind of spicy you could use a little crab bowl like you do for your crawfish get a little heat on them um a couple lemons in there some people add like a quarter beer into their water i think that's kind of cool it's a little different um you know you could butter poach which you know it costs a little more you could get you know but 
it comes. It's a whole whole different ball game. How do I do that? Well, I would get a clarified butter, which you can find at any store. Get it probably room temp, not room temp. You're gonna get it. I'm not sure temperature wise right now, but you could get it. You know, 200 degrees okay. somewhere in there. And then um, they don't take long. You know, shrimp are gonna firm up. You don't want to over poach. You know, then they get chewy. You get you can leave them in the shell. You can peel them. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a big on. You can get some toothpicks, peel your shrimp, kind of go through the back and keep them keep them long and mm-hmm. poach them that way, and they look really nice on a plate. Oh, back to the girlfriend thing. Yeah. That looks kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> how long for the like? How, how long are we talking to keep I'm them in there? I'm talking probably anywhere from. If you're doing the water water poach with the the crab oil, you know you want to let your your water go for about 20 minutes to get all that, you know, all your spices and seasonings going. I throw a little bay leaves in there too. If you're up north, you know you're using old bay, which you know living in Charlotte that was kind of big. Um, so you're going to poach for probably, let's say, five to seven minutes again, tops. If you want them as a cocktail, you want to pull them out, you want to put them in an ice bath, cool them down, and then, you know, go from there. You can do them peel and eat. Um, and then tossed in, you know, any kind of uh, seasoning. You know, we're, we're big on blackening seasoning in, in, down here. Uh, the Paul Perdone's Black and Magic is at every store. I think that's by far the best so don't overthink it just get that stuff yeah don't don't go crazy i mean you can do simple stuff and get simple items that are already done you don't have to spend you know if you're making a seasoning you need like paul perdones he's probably has i haven't looked but it's probably 15 ingredients in that thing you know why go buy 15 items when you can buy it and it's it's hard to beat you know he invented it it's his it's his thing so it's it's it, it's good. I toss that. If we're down here, you know, Rendezvous Barbecues in Memphis, I think tossing Rendezvous seasoning is awesome when oh. they come out. Something a little different. Um, kind of gives it that barbecue that you're used to flavor, but, you know, you're eating it with seafood. So something a little different. Or your favorite rub around town. You know, I'm living in Charlotte. We're at Max Speed Shop, which is, you know, I think some of the best barbecue up there. My good friend runs that whole uh, restaurant scene. So... I, I use a lot of his he gave me a bunch of his brisket rub I think tossing that's really good um, I think that's just preference of what you kind of want to do kind of quick hit a couple things uh, getting into the more of just the actual fish and stuff a lot of people want tuna just do the tuna steaks if they want to do them you know rare to medium rare whatever it is is it kind of the same thing where I'm seeing how hot I can get my grill yeah. and I'm just trying to sear them a little on both sides? What are, what are we doing here? You know, on tuna, I'm, you know, tuna on my end, I, I, again, the cast iron skillet I really like. We have a flat top that's really that's really nice, which most people don't have. Every day at home, um, you want to grill. You want to get a nice sear on there on both sides. I think, you know, tuna takes no time. You're talking about, you know, most people want it. A lot of people want it rare you know I, I like it a little bit more cooked i like it you know i can eat it you know sushi wise or if i'm cooking it i want a nice crust you know a lot of people using sesame seeds kind of going asian style i'm sure most times that that's made you're going to have some kind of sticky rice with it or wasabi or you know and that's another thing back to the girlfriend they'd love to see that you know but um but i'm a, I'm a skillet guy so we'll sear that each side you don't even need to go in the oven. It's going to cook so quick. And it depends on how, how thick your cut is. You know, I'm more of an inch and a half, 
you know, a little. You could go big or small, but I think that's kind of your 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 range that you're going to look at at the store if you buy it. And some some butchers will cut it however you want it. You know, it's just it'll come in the loin. Mm-hmm. You could probably buy the whole loin and cut it whatever you want. And then your scraps, save those scraps like the tail or the end, mince them up. You know, make you like a tartare with it or. You know, you could go many different ways. You could do that as an app. You could have a tuna night. I have a little tartare or a little, you know, or a little uh, ceviche. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go into my tuna dish. And then, you know, that's kind of where I would go with that if I'm at home cooking. What are two or three things in the cast iron skillet I should be cooking that I'm not? Uh, well, I love bone-in pork chops, and that's kind of one of our favorites down at the club. I think those, you know, a lot of people put those on the grill. I feel like it loses a lot of its moisture off the grill. It doesn't try to get the, obviously get the grill flavor if you're on there, but I think it just comes out so nice, and that's, it's a popular item down there. I'm sure you've had it. I know your wife's had it. Mm-hmm. It's a great dish. Um, so pork chop, you know, a lot of people probably don't think of a fish. I'd always have a cast iron skillet just to have it. You know, it's just such a – it can be utilized in a hundred different ways. You know? And it's for the guy who's just got an apartment in college or doesn't have a lot of room or doesn't have the grill or everything else. It's – I mean – If you're in a you, small place. Right. I mean, you could argue that if you're going to have one cooking utensil, that would be the one that, you, you would say. That's my favorite. You know, I mean, that's just – I think you can cook every – we do everything. We do veggies. You know, we'll blanch broccoli, and we'll do cast iron broccoli with caramelized onions. You leave them in there, we'll add cheese to them, throw them in the oven. Mm-hmm. It's just a whole different flavor. It gives a great crust. Um, I think veggies is one. Um, fish, obviously, we've talked about. Pork chops, steaks. You know, there's nothing you can't cook in it. That's a plus. You know, there's some things that, you know, don't even have, you know, that like, like on your grill, you're not going to throw, you know, there's, there's numerous items you're not going to do on a grill or in a saute pan but everything can be cooked in a in a skillet so it's crawfish time you know everybody's you mentioned that i I know a lot of people get you know either they they love it or they get tired of it at some point there's a little bit of a different uh vibe around i can eat my boatload worth of crawfish but you know at some a certain point you know i've had five different occasions i'm kind of done but it's fun right now you know when they come out everybody races it you know in oxford we have multiple Locations you can stop and mm-hmm. roll through the gas station and get crawfish. You know they're they're everywhere. Um, I'm a fan. You know we, we have a couple of golf tournaments coming up that we have a crawfish scramble that's huge. Everybody kind of sits around a table. It's a social thing. You know cooking wise on my end. You know it's 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 fun because you get to interact with everybody outside instead of just in a kitchen. I'm bringing you out crawfish. I can sit out there, boil. Um, you know talk about them. Um, hang out with everybody if you're on the weekend you can have some beers you know it's, it's just a it's a good time is there one or two kind of tips for people that are that are doing it that either they got to make sure they're doing or maybe they're not and they should be i think purging the crawfish is big you know you want to add water into while they're still in alive add them into a cooler that purges that bulks up their meat a little bit gets them a little fatter um and then put them into you know whatever bowl you would like to do you know, it kind of on the same lines with the shrimp that we do, um, just because we like spicy food down here or something a little hotter. And everybody likes them hot. You know, I have friends that won't even eat the crawfish till the last, the very, very last boil because mm-hmm. the water is just extremely hot. You yeah. Know? With me, you know, the older you get, 
the hotter things don't work too well. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, and, and always adding, you know, you do potatoes. I like to do mushrooms. Some people do drain out uh, number 10 cans of green beans, drain them out and put the whole can in there. Really? Yeah, in the can with the lid. That water just goes there. You can leave them in there for a little while. After you do the crawfish, you can do that and then pour those on top of your crawfish. They're so good. It's kind of a secret little. Yeah, I hadn't heard. I haven't heard yeah, that before. I hadn't brought that out much. I need to. I need to do that. But that's a that's a fun one. Um, I think asparagus is good in there for people that like that. Some people are allergic to that. Just throw it straight in. Yeah, I mean, you could even get two bowls going. You could do one for all your veggies and your your toppings, your corn, your potatoes, your sausage. You could get the other bowl. A lot of people have multiple. You know, the the crawfish pots and and burners are so cheap. You know, they're not much. I mean, you're looking at 50 bucks to get the whole setup usually. If you want something a little nicer, it's obviously going to be a little more. But to do it, um, it's not much. And crawfish right now are, are, are pretty cheap. Um, you know, getting them, you know, around town we just get them live. It's a, it cuts out the whole process. But a lot of guys want to do it on Saturdays or Sundays themselves. Um, and I'm sure some of the local markets will get you you know get what you need you know i get them from evans meats out of birmingham buckhead can do it um that's out of atlanta um but you know with us we're doing the scramble we'll probably go through 500 pounds so you're looking at doing it all day you got to get the cool cut out table and hang out i mean it's, it, it's definitely a social social thing but everybody loves them everybody obviously everybody likes what they like and they've got different things but is there is there a beer that's better or, or a type of beer that's better with the crawfish another would be i you know i'm going with i like in the ambers a little darker beer they okay. got more flavor um you know the they just had the mardi gras bot come out i thought that was pretty solid that went well at the club i think that would be a great one in there shiner box always around you could use that um and even if you wanted to go a darker beer you know like a guinness uh, you know, anything with packs a little more, you know, has you want a bite. going on. You want a, you want a little bite, but you also want, you know, a lot. They have a lot of beers now that are they're they're jalapeno infused. That could be something <laughs> cool, you know. With the you got if you like it spicy, you add some more spice in there, you know. And then when they come out, you want to toss them in your favorite seasoning again, just like the shrimp. I think, you know, and then and then having beer with it wise, you know, you want. You, you know, I'm an IPA fan. I like hoppy beer. I like all kinds of beer. Living in Charlotte for eight years, it's just it's something you had to do. I don't think they sold Bud Light at, you know, a restaurant. <laughs> just just joking, but, I mean, there's 20 breweries there. So, you know, we, you know, I, I think, you know, when you're drinking, eating crawfish, you're obviously drinking more beer. It's, it's going down pretty smooth, so you want to kind of stick with your lighter stuff. Coors Light, you know, I'm more, I like Dale's Pale Ale. I like mm-hmm. all that stuff, but... Cooking wise, you know, kind of keep it dark, you know. Not anything way. too light for that. Get a little. I don't little, think uh, so. I mean, I just think it's cool. It's something different, you know. I, the jalapenos and the and the spicy beers might be good in there. They they make a two Xmas, which is from Southern Tier, that has a lot of herbs and spices in that. That would, might be good in there. I don't know if I think it's probably a seasonal. Some people might have one stuck in the back of the fridge somewhere you could use. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I end up running into is I'm not a huge beer drinker, so in the back of my fridge is going to be a hodgepodge of all sorts stuff, of different yeah. beers and stuff. Like I've either got I've got Covington Strawberry left over or the Summer Ale or I yeah, bought yeah. this variety pack in a November that I've never touched and, yeah. and things like well, that. Well, you know, so. you might buy one. Oh, the can's cool. That goes around a lot. Now I'm going to try it. No, I don't like it. And then it's there forever, you know. Um, you know, anything, you can use that stuff. Um, you know, cooking-wise, if the beer's bad, it's not really going to 
effect if you're cooking at a you know 200 plus water it's kind of knocks that out so um, but yeah there's always stuff laying around i know in my fridge and obviously now i know in your fridge <laughs> yeah. people get into uh into grouper a little bit as we get close to closing um what's kind of the the surefire method if i've got grouper and sitting on my counter and i need to do something with it well um grouper you know grouper red snapper all that right now but grouper i'm you know it's just such a good fish you don't want to you don't want to over abuse it you know i think again if you the trick is on the grill with fish and i know some people that are anti-mayonnaise might not like to hear this but that's me no man yeah, mayo. No mayo. well a lot of times if you coat your your if you're going to grill fish coat it in some mayo doesn't have to be heavy it could be light mayonnaise whatever you want to use and it do, it won't stick it gives it this awesome grill crust am i going to taste it, it? You don't taste it at all. Okay. I mean, I could do it to you, for you, and I might have cooked yeah. it for you, and you probably never knew. Okay. Um, but you could. Uh, so just don't tell the no mayo people and you know, just let's do not it. Say anything about it. You know, okay. keep it that way. But it gives it this like you look. You look like a pro out there. You know, to give it a nice grill mark. And it won't do the flaky fall out like the no, whole it stick. Gives it actually a really good crust, which I like. You know, that's why I like the skillet a lot with the with the fish because it gives it that great top crust and it keeps all the moisture in. It does kind of the same method as it would do for the uh the grill um and then grouper wise you know obviously goes go back to crab meat and i think that those two go great together any kind of cream sauce um you know for if you want it just seasoned with some some fresh citrus you know like you know tangerine orange whatever you want whatever's kind of floating around or lemon or i think there's so many different ways to do it um and and right now, I mean, I got some in last week that just, I mean, I couldn't believe how it looked like he caught it like out of our back door and brought it to me. So it's, what, it's what am I looking for in that? Is there anything specific when I look at it? You that want a I, nice uh, color on it. You want it to be firm fish. Um, you want to trust where you're getting it from. I think that's a big thing. You know, I, you know, like I said, your local butchers that might cost a little more, but they're they're not getting bad products. You know that they're there to sell it. It's one of the biggest tips. Find a place and then go in and say hello. Get yeah, get a relationship go, go going a little bit. You know, yeah. These guys, they, they cut, they, they, they clean fish, they cut steaks all day. They're in the back, their head's down working. You know, they'd love to talk to you about it. It's like me. If somebody asks me some food questions, I just go off, and next thing I know it's an hour later, and I'm right. just chatting. So I think it's, it's kind of one of those things you go – you go in there, kind of meet them, you know, and if you're there enough, you know, like these the, the ones around Oxford, we have two – I think, you know, they get to know you. They they kind of say, hey, I got this in. This is really good today. You should try this instead of that. If you came in, mine said, I need fillets. He's like, man, you should really get this. You know, I think it, it just become buddies with those guys. You know, they're all, they love to talk about food. At least I do. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to get out there and just kind of chat. He's Jonathan Oliver, again, a chef at the Country Club of Oxford. I'm Chase Parm. Get a uh, – weekly show here or so as we uh delve into food not gonna overcomplicate things make it pretty simple for you guys to uh learn a little bit figure it out and maybe even uh impress some other people along the process if you uh found us on itunes do us a favor and give some ratings on uh on that platform you can also download the podcast app for ios apple users we uh we like fives you can say whatever you'd like to below it don't care about that but please uh Five-star ratings are preferred here on the show. Again, just kind of tackle a different topic every week. We'll get into alcohol some days, get into vegetables, a lot of things that uh, 
fit the uh, flavor profiles of the South here on Cast Iron Table. So again, hope you enjoyed the first episode, and we will talk to you again soon.